Welcome to Doggy Dish, where two of LA's best dog trainers serve up a hearty helping of dog topics. At the end of this podcast, we'll provide information on how to contact our trainers. And now, here they are. Hi, this is Kim Reinhart with Ain't Misbehaving Canine. And Laura Berhani from Animal Attraction Unlimited. And we're going to continue today the podcast that we started the other day about dominance versus leadership and what the difference is. So here we go. So, okay, so here's a situation. You and I were driving recently, and we saw a situation with a couple of dogs on the side of the road, and then there were some other dogs on a leash across the street. So there was two people on one side of the road with their dogs, and they were trying to sort of pass each other, but stopping and talking and at the same time kind of dragging their dogs away from each other. And then there was a woman across the street standing there with her two dogs. So can you describe what it was we were seeing? Because I know, but I mean, Kim is just so good with her words. And it, it was just amazing to see. Yeah. It was really, really fascinating to see. And most people would just drive by and go, oh, look at all the dogs. But why don't you put it into words for people? Well, I and I really was concentrating on one side of the street, so you might have paid more attention. What was happening on one side of the street was that um, there was one dog that was really going crazy over the fact that these other dogs were there. And he was out at the end of the leash, and he was hysterical, probably barking the windows were Trimming his nails down pretty well. Yeah, um, you on know, the with end of the leash, the pavement, yeah. the whole thing. The second dog that was on that same side of the street was also in a very aroused situation, but not at the end of his leash. That lady was choked up pretty tight on the leash, mm-hmm. right? And the dog was just practicing that excited behavior, but up close. Right. The lady across the street was the one that I was paying the most attention yeah. to. She had some small dogs. The two two dogs that I just described were on the larger size. The two dogs on the other side of the street were smaller, and the lady had the two leashes. And she stood back, and the dogs were at the end of the leash, and I think she had them sit, because they were both They were sitting. sitting. They were both sitting. But sh- they were staring at this whole thing that was going on. And their ears were up, their eyes excited. were, everything was... And she was staring at them. Equally kind of in wide-eyed amazement as they did this thing. And honestly, it was, had any of those dogs broken the leash? Had the leash failed on any one of those dogs? It would have been. And we were driving through that, by the way. Yeah. So it would have been such disaster we might have been involved in because had one of them broken the leash, they'd have been in front of the car before. She slowed way down. But anyway, but it was, it was the exact opposite of what everybody needed to be doing. Not nobody in that situation, even the lady that put her dogs on the sit, but then sat there. They were sitting on the end of the leash as far towards these dogs as they could get. All of their attention trained on these other dogs. And had any of those people wanted to assert just a little bit of leadership, not dominance, mind you, leadership, they would have gotten the dog's attention back to them. And they would have put more distance between them instead of less. Right. So because even the guy who was dragging his dog away, it was like a border collie mix, was dragging his dog away, the one that was filing his nails down on the pavement, mm-hmm. he wasn't going in a direction that would have been useful. He was sort of veering kind of in a half circle around this other dog instead of going diagonally away from the dog. Well, not only that, and, and the dog was dragging him. Oh, totally. Yeah. The dog was out at a 45-degree angle from the edge of his, you know, from the end of his leash. And the lady with the two little dogs, I mean, and she's looking at them, and she's looking at the dogs across the street. And, like, if it were me and my dog started to look at that, I would go, oh, yeah, that doesn't concern you. Me we're too. walking. Me too. Here, stay with me. We're walking. That's me not too. any of your business. Me too. Absolutely. I would have just kept going. 
and they would have either joined me or they would have been being dragged by me as opposed to being dragged by them. Right. And I don't mean that in a violent way. I just mean, practically speaking, I wouldn't have allowed them to, for it to be rewarding for them to involve themselves in this situation. Right. Because that's what they were doing. Even though they were on the other side of the street, they were involving themselves in the situation between the two. And giving the border collie more reason to stare at this other dog. Because now he's not the only one staring at this dog that's choked up on his leash. He's got an audience now. Yeah. There are two other dogs and a lady, and then there was another yeah. guy there, too, standing there staring at this dog. Yeah, it, it's funny, but I, and, you know, with all due respect to the people that we were watching, because I know that they all thought they were making the right choices. I know that they, they didn't really know what to do, and so they were doing the best with what they had and the information that they had. But truthfully, in that scenario that we were watching, I kept thinking, God, don't let a leash break. Don't right. let a leash break, because I'm thinking we're going to see a disaster. And in that situation... None of those people stood up and just simply took control of their situation. They're all looking at the other dog. They're all doing all these things that have nothing to do with what they should be doing, which right. is just taking control of their own dogs and sending them the idea, you're right, that it's none of their business. And right. honestly, had I been walking down the street with my dogs in that same situation, none of my dogs would have even stood and stared at it. Right. They would have looked over. They probably would have gotten a little uneasy because I would have been uneasy because I was uneasy and I was in the car. Right, right. But they would have just looked to me and continued to follow me in the direction. And that is because of leadership, not dominance. That's not because I've taken them and wrestled with them and beat them and gotten control over them in this kind of situation. But I've taught them that every time something new comes up, I will be there with the idea of what we need to do here. What was interesting also about that situation is that none of those people were looking at their own dogs. Uh, they weren't, I agree. None of those people were looking at their own dogs. Actually, they were looking at the other dogs. Actually, the lady whose dogs were sit, that she got to sit, mm-hmm. she was looking at her dogs, but she was sort of looking at her dogs to see what they would do next. It's, there's a difference between... Okay, well, I was driving. Her. When I looked at her, when I just glanced... I mean, you, you obviously yeah. looked at her more. I When I glanced at her, she was looking across the street really at the other dogs. I was really afraid those dogs yeah. were going to get loose and get over to... Yeah. The other side of the street. But um, I was really afraid. I mean, I, so yeah. I, I was really worried. But the thing is, I think, though, even it, even in looking at her dogs, she wasn't looking at her dogs to give them direction. She right. was looking at her dogs to see what they were going to do. And I, she was doing what I call witnessing. When I work with people, I always say, don't be a witness. Be right. part, of, part of what's happening here. You need to be the leader in this situation, not a witness to what's going on. Right. And when people stand back and just watch what's happening, you, you basically just become a witness. And in some ways, you become almost party to it, but in a not a good way. It was a really, it was, I wish I had it on videotape. Yeah. Because it happens so often. Yes. It happens so often that something like that happens, and, and even if you can't get your dog's attention, the people still, you know, in trying to get their dog's attention, they turn their body and face what's going on. They do, and and in trying to get their dog's attention, they frequently, because they get frantic right. instead of in control, yeah. they become part of what's happening. They become part of the melee. Instead of taking a very active role and just becoming in control, it's just what you said. You said, I would have said to my dog, come on, it's none of your business, and I would have marched the other direction. Because if I had taken a picture of you, and we had it on tape, and we were watching that situation, and you were to take control in that way, what we would see on tape, even without any kind of audio, what mm-hmm. we would see on tape was somebody making a decision and following through. That's what leadership is about. Leadership is about making a decision and following through. It's not about dominating. It's not about the, the lady.
lady falling on her dogs and throwing them to the ground and right. overrolling them to stop them. It would be about her saying, nope, we're going to do this in this set of circumstances. Yeah. And, and making a decision and following through and, like I said, being tenacious about it. So saying, I'm turning around and going the other way. I'm not running, but I'm going. We're marching. We're out of here. Right. We're not doing this. This is none of your business. Getting them to a distance where they would let it go. And then what I would do is then once I got them to a distance where they were letting it go, then I would reward like crazy yeah. for the ignoring of the behavior. Even if it was because of the distance. That's not really the point. How you make that ignoring happen is less important than practicing that behavior. Right. And the distance has a lot to do with it. I mean, I always tell people that everything has a certain gravitational pull. The closer you are to a distraction like that or a squirrel or anything else, a bicycle, skateboard, anything, the closer you are to something like that, it has a huge gravitational pull, then you're going to have to fight a lot harder to get your dog's attention. But the farther away from it you get, the more gravitational pull you have. Right. Right. Because you are right there. And, by the way, the higher your... Reinforcement is. Yeah. Well, and the higher your the value of your reinforcement that you have on hand is, yeah. the stronger your gravitational pull is. But I, I think the same way, and that's why I made the point that in that set of circumstances, the dogs were out at the end of the leash, and she was behind them. Because in a way, she was putting them in a position where that scenario that was taking place across the street had much more influence on them than she did. Because she had backed out of the picture. Mm-hmm. She was behind the scenes. So... Anyway, the thing that I think I would like people to take away from this podcast is that leadership and dominance are not the same thing. They are not the same thing. You can practice leadership. In fact, by my way of thinking, you should practice leadership with your dogs at all times. I think that when your dog comes to live with you, when your young puppy or your new rescue dog comes to live with you, that one of the first things that you should establish is your leadership. You should make sure that you establish that from the beginning. But the way to do that is not through dominance principles. It's not by getting into a fight with your dog and turning it into this struggle that we have over who's going to be the boss today. So I think what I want to make sure that people understand is that there is a difference between dominance and leadership. Dominance for me would be someone who alpha rolls the dog. Okay. Alpha rolling would be a typical dominance thing, especially when they physically get on the dog and roll them over physically. That would be an act of dominance to me. That would would also be an act of violence for me. (laughs) Most of what I would consider to be dominance stuff would be violence. Yes, that's why I want to make the point of the difference between that and leadership. Another thing would be someone who comes in and pushes a dog out of something, physically aggresses and pushes a dog or grabs a dog and throws them out of a situation. Right. Would be one of those situations where they're they're aggressing, but they're dominating. A food bowl, can you think about guarding? Yeah. When you set yourself up as, as someone who guards. It's so funny to me because a lot of times people will do that. In fact, there is a particular trainer on TV whose name will not be mentioned yet again who will show people that the way to deal with a dog who's got a resource guarding issue is to take over that thing that the dog is resource guarding. So they will come in and, and he'll come in and he'll push himself in between it and he'll guard it himself. Right. <laughs> And it always makes me laugh because I think, okay, so how does modeling guarding behavior help with resource with making the With making the dog not do it because what you're doing by doing that is increasing the value of the item. 
and, and making it more likely that the dog is now going to want to guard it. And you're modeling the exact behavior you don't want to see. Right. I mean, basically, you're validating that behavior. Right. You're the dog is going, I'm, see? You're just saying, I'm better at guarding than you. Right. But you're not teaching the dog not to guard. You're just teaching the dog not to guard from you. You're just saying, see, I'm more dominant than you. You can't guard from me. But then how does that then apply Translate to, to your six-year-old child. Or to anybody else right. who now is in a position. What other instances can you think of, quote, dominant behavior that people Um. Okay, well, tug-of-war. People think that tug-of-war leads to aggression, which it doesn't. But even if they do play tug-of-war with their dog, they think that they always have to, quote-unquote, win the toy. They can never let the dog have the toy at the end. And I think that although that's not a, you know, a violent part of dominance, but they truly think that, oh, that if the dog gets the toy at the end, if it, then he wins. And it's not about winning and losing. Tug-of-war is actually a cooperative um, killing behavior. So it's not you against the dog for the toy. It's you and the dog against the toy. And quite often when I when I play tug, I I will let my dog have the toy. They go, and we've talked about this before, they go off, do a victory lap, turn around and come back because they can't play tug of war by themselves. Right. And so that's not a, a dominance like an alpha role, but it is a concept that I think that people have misunderstood. I, you know what, I sort of am with you and sort of without. Being a person who's really into bull breeds, I don't encourage tug of war behavior with certain breeds of dogs because I think that that whole act of killing and that whole, I do think that that deepens, I know it deepens bite because you know what, they practice that with dogs when they want to deepen their bite. Right, they right. practice that behavior to deepen a bite. So yes, I agree with you on one hand. On the other hand, I think that people need to be careful about tug of war with certain breeds of dogs. Right, but at the same time, you can use it to, to teach bite inhibition too because a dog can't have can't really have bite inhibition or learn bite inhibition unless they put their teeth on you. And when you're playing tug of war with a dog, if their te teeth touch your skin, the game is over. So you're teaching them, don't ever touch me. Your teeth don't touch me. You know what? I, I think, though, that maybe we should make the distinction that tug of war is something that you need to really be clear about the rules. Oh, about. there are definite rules to tug of war. Yeah, I mean, that's the problem. I think it's not so much that maybe... What you're saying makes a lot of sense. The problem is that the average person who picks up the toy and starts playing tug-of-war with their dog might make several mistakes here in that kind of play that could actually create a problem. So We should do a whole podcast on uh, on just rules of tug-of-war. I, I agree. I agree. Cause I think tug-of-war and can, fetch. Because I, I agree. Because I think it can be actually a dangerous concept or it can be a good concept. Right. I mean, it just depends. And like I said, with the bull breeds, I don't do tug-of-war. Right. And I don't do it for a reason. But another, what people would consider to be dominant behavior is telling the dog, or having this rule that the dog can never, the dog needs to eat after you. Oh, yeah. And if you can't, okay, because I heard this from a trainer once, that if you can't, if you can't eat before your dog, that you should spit in his food bowl so that he knows you were there first. The, the look of... of Dumbfoundedness. <laughs> the look of dumbfoundedness on Kim's face here is just. I don't uh, quite know uh, what to say. I know. I didn't either. I know. We were we were at a meeting and she says, "Well, what about spitting in your dog's food, or at least eat a cracker before?" You know what? I don't eat in front of my dogs because my dogs are uh, most of the time I eat standing over the sink or in my car. <laughs> you know, so they never see me eat, so they must think I'm a god. <laughs> she doesn't need food to sustain her powers. <laughs> you know. So <laughs> she gets her power from the sink. 
button. <laughs> they think you're a god or an alien. <laughs> right, right. So, so I mean, what does that They're mean? They're either they never see terrified me. of you. <laughs> so they never see me eat. So I don't know how to handle that. A bit, but yeah, the spitting in your dog's food bowl before before they eat, I just don't. Or at least eat a cracker. I mean, I'm sure you've heard that one. At least let your make your dog watch you eat a cracker. I mean, what are you going to do? Yes. Here, no, watch me, watch yes. me, watch yes. me, and you take a bite. No, watch me. You're looking away. Watch me. You have to watch me eat this. Or pretend you're eating out of their bowl. Yes, absolutely. Um, that's, that's And the funny thing is, for me, in the at the end of the day, I'm usually tired. I've been doing a lot of things during the day. I get to the end of the day. I feed the dogs, and then I feed myself just because I don't want to have to think about feeding them after I'm done. Me too. I'm tired, and I want to relax Me now. too. So I don't want another chore. Right. Um, and I don't really think that it has affected my leadership. And I don't feel that they want to dominate me, but that's just me. I, I the spitting. I'm sorry. I know. I'm really I know. stuck on that. You know, well, flirt if I ever. And you've met that trainer bowl. too. Flirt if I ever spit in your bowl, honey. Run away from home. Run away fast. <laughs> <laughs> that's just gross. Sure, she's lost it now. <laughs> oh my god! I'm totally now. I'm now. I can't even think of another dominance thing. Honestly, I'm overwhelmed with that idea. Uh, but there are a lot of antiquated dominance ideas that really, in the end, are about, it's like setting yourself, I was like, I mean, I have this sort of vision of dominance as being these two gladiators standing at the opposite end of the field, going into war with, you know, yeah. going into battle with each other. Yeah. And that shouldn't be what your relationship with your dog is about. Leadership principles, on the other hand, so common leadership principles would be control the resources. Yeah. So... I have the cookie. You want the cookie. I ask you to do something. You do it. I give it to you. Right. I just, you don't do it. I give it to somebody else or I put it away. Or I put it away. Right. Or I eat it. You come over and the, the dog, not you, Laura. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> you come over with the ball and the dog comes over with the ball in his mouth and he puts it on you and he starts to nag you to play and nag you to play and nag you to play and you pick it up, you take it out of it and you put it away. Are you punishing him? No. But you're saying, I'm the leader. I'm making the decisions about when we play. And I don't play with obnoxious dogs. And I'm not going to play. That's right. When you won't let me alone. Then later on picking up the ball, saying, here, you want to play ball? And having asking the dog to do something and playing with them. Right. As opposed to the times that it happens that dogs are pushy and obnoxious and to get the dog to stop pestering them people will then throw the ball right which in actuality is training the dog to be obnoxious right right another way that i think people can assert their leadership and i've said this earlier uh, but i'm going to say it again is making sure that you weigh in on things that you weigh in on the things that they do that you like and the way you they weigh in on the things that they do that they that you don't like. Oh my gosh! <laughs> having having trouble there. Being able to talk and like speak fluently is really important. When you do she one shuts of these down stuff. after thirty minutes, people. <laughs> no, it's not that. I'm still on the on spitting in the food. I can't get over it. I, it just it threw so me. okay. So so here's one about leadership. Uh huh. You have a problem with dogs, like you have two male dogs that are lifting their leg in your house. And because, like, one dog is new, the other one didn't do it, but now this new dog is here. I've never heard of a situation like this. You haven't. <laughs> so, never come up, huh? So, so they're lifting their leg in your house because now the, the second male dog has come along. There's some marking behavior right. going on. But then you take them outside. They go to the bathroom outside, and you see them. One lifts his leg on a bush. The other one goes over and lifts his leg on the bush. Mm-hmm. 
and you're standing there, and of course sometimes you're raw-rawing them and paying them for going to the bathroom outside, but in actuality you're standing there and, like you said, witnessing and then occasionally reinforcing them because you think you're to mark. you're right. You think you're you're rewarding them for going to the bathroom outside, right. and they think you're rewarding them for peeing over the top of each other. Right, right. And so I don't know if that's really about leadership so much as re- inadvertent reinforcement or reinforcing what you don't want to. But see, either way, but you're standing there. You're standing there, not saying anything about it, not giving any input. Having endorsed it makes it more likely that you're going to see it again. That's for darn sure. And the thing is, when it comes to leadership principles, if you have if you have practiced good leadership, then your dog really is looking at you to find out what do we do about this? Are, are we do we like this? Is this working for us? Right. It's not that they can't think for themselves. I don't want to give people the wrong impression. It's not that they can't think for themselves. It's that they have gotten used to looking to, to you for your input. Here's I have a good example. You know, people because they find you helpful. By the way, that's right. why they look at you because right. they find you helpful. And all-knowing. Because you always give them the way to get through this that will be the most rewarding to them. And the least stressful, mm-hmm. most often. Mm-hmm. So here's one. You know how people, when they have an older dog, and the older dog is just perfect, the older dog has grown into a very nice, mellow, mature dog. Mm-hmm. And you bring a younger dog or a more fearful dog or more timid dog into the house, and the timid dog is instantly boosted in their confidence because there's this nice, older, mellow dog in the house. Mm-hmm. You need to be, if you don't have that older dog, even if you do, you need to be that more, that the wiser one in the situation. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people say, well, you know, if my old dog was here, he would, he would help this dog out. Well, if your old dog isn't there, you need to be that person. That's right. That's what being a liter- leader because, is all about. Right, because the younger dog or, the, or the, the less confident dog is looking to the older dog for leadership. That's right. They're looking... They say, hey, listen, I don't know how to do this, and it freaks me out. And what do we do? And, and the first thing I they do. When I see you go about this and be so confident, and it gets us through it successfully, I feel really confident about following you as my leader. Right. And and I feel more confident about myself because now I have a way to get through this. Now I understand not so much what I've learned from you, but that I can turn to you, I can look to you, and you are the one who understands this. Yeah. I don't understand, but you do. Yeah. Thank goodness. Yeah, that's the principles of leadership. So please, don't confuse leadership with dominance. They are two different ideas. And unfortunately, way too often, people, as soon as I bring up leadership to someone, they instantly go into the dominance thing, and I have to gently pull them out of it. <laughs> Not gently? Everybody. Are you sure it's gently? Yeah, I tried, because you know what? I don't want to be in a situation where I'm just... Being dominant over your clients? No, I'm just bad-mouthing <laughs> someone. And, or, and I usually know the source of their information. I don't want to be in a position where I'm just bad-mouthing someone. But there is a difference. There is a big difference. And you may not, without looking at it carefully, you may not see the difference. You may just go, oh, well, the principles are similar, therefore they're the same. But they are as different as night and day. In reality, if you take a closer look at them, it is the difference between having a relationship that is based on, I take from you. You will give to me because otherwise you will get smashed. Right. Or, You're going to do it because I said so. Or, listen, I, I can help you with this. Yeah. I can help you with this. You need to follow me because I can be your help in this. I'm the one who can get you through this. And by the way, Laura, just so you know, my dogs are going to do it because I said so. And is that is that? But, but not because you have know. a nasty look on your face. 
But not, well, not, and not because that. you're intimidating them. Not only that, I took the time to educate them. Of course. Way, way before I started having expectations. Right. But I took the time to help them and educate them and teach them why it's in their best interest and teach them how rewarding it, I can I make this and teach them how this is the better. Uh, yeah, there's a lot that right. goes in it before. Right, that. as opposed to the people who don't take the time and who, you know, call. They have a 12-week-old puppy who say, my dog won't listen. He doesn't come when I call him. He doesn't listen to when I say no. Well, you haven't taken the time. To teach him. Right. right. And they, they start from day one expecting the dog to do it because they said so. Right. Well, and this s- is a whole other podcast because I have to say that the whole dominance of puppy thing, I want to do something all about that in particular. Because there are a lot of people who think because a dog doesn't do something when they're young or when they're new to your home, it's because they're trying to be dominating. And in the truth, they're just confused. They don't get it. They don't know. They don't Nobody's know any better. Nobody's taught them. Right. They don't have an idea. They're just doing, being the best darn dog that they can be, and they're doing their best, and they don't know they're messing up. And when they figure out they're messing up, they don't know why it was messing up. They're not sure what happened or what went wrong. It made perfect sense to them. <laughs> so, yes, it's taking the time to, to teach them and educate them. So, anyway, I hope that uh, we've made it clear the difference between I know this is not the end of this road for me because, honestly, I'm going to make this my life's work <laughs> to teach the difference between dominance and uh, leadership. Not to other trainers, but to people who are getting information that unfortunately puts them on a path I wish they wouldn't be on right. with their dogs. So, I'm Kim Reinhardt with Ain't Misbehaving Canine. And Laura Burhenny from Animal Attraction Unlimited. Thank, Thank you. you. You have been listening to Doggy Dish, a podcast series about dog training and other related issues. To suggest a topic for a future segment, please email us at dogdishtopics at yahoo.com. To learn more about our featured trainers, or if you're interested in training for your own dog and you live in the Los Angeles area, you may contact Laura or Kim directly. To speak with Laura, call 818-800-4818 or visit her website at www.petdogtrainer.com. To speak with Kim, call 818-890-1133 or visit her website at www.beagooddog.com. Thank you for listening.